Third Shift presents The Imposter's Guide to Gaming, your quick fix for gaming news. Here are your hosts, Eric and Matt. Well, welcome everybody back to a wonderful, wonderful new episode of IG2G. This is in fact episode 33, and let me tell you, do you like RPGs? Because I do. We've got a whole bunch of them for you today. Do you like gunning people down, specifically Nazis? <laughs> well, guess what? You can do that. Hey, do you like Taiwanese survival horror craziness? Uh, we got a little bit of that, and of course we got a tale of a happy little boy and his crazy little life, all awaiting you here on the newest episode of IG2G. Top 5 Releases Starting it off this week, you heard about it. It's a happy little boy in his troubled little life. This dropped on the 25th of June. It was a while ago since we did a proper IG2G, so there we go. It's it's still in the still in the mix here. This dropped for free for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. It's the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. If you listen to our previous IG2G episode, this was one of the games I was most excited about from E3 or most interested in. I'm going to talk about it more later in the episode, so catch me then, and I'll talk to you about it then. Uh-huh. So remember when I promised you a game about murdering Nazis? Well, hello. We've talked about this one before. This is Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. Guess what? It was just released on the Switch as of June 29th. If you didn't know, it was developed by Machine Games, published by, of course, Bethesda. And this is BJ Blazkowicz having a blast. Oh, I shouldn't have no. done it. I should have never it's done over. it. It's over. It's over. It's over. You're right. I no know. more blasts to be had. No more blasts. It's over. <laughs> Of course, this is BJ Blaswitz going out, shooting them Nazis, finding new enemies and old enemies alike, and you're doing it on the Nintendo Switch. Yes, the graphics take a little bit of a hit. They find some shortcuts here and there, but from all reports, this is a wonderful title to pick up for the Switch. If you can't get it on the PS4 or some other system that you love to be on, it is great. It's on the go. You can't beat it. Killing Nazis, having a good time. That's what the Switch is all about. Excellent. Next up, we got Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered Edition. This dropped on the 3rd of July for only 30 bucks. This for yeah, this did drop for a PC, PS4, and Xbox One. And if you do have the previous PC edition of Red Faction Guerrilla, this is a free upgrade for you, so that's pretty cool. This new edition was developed by Kaiko Games, published by THQ Nordic. If you know what Red Faction Guerrilla is, this is more of that. You are a rebel on Mars. You're basically like a terrorist leader, but you're really the good guys because the evil corporation you're trying to overthrow. You're running around fully destructible environments, fully destructible buildings. That's what they said. I played the original, and there were some parts of those buildings you could not destroy. There were like certain walls you couldn't knock down, but you could knock down literally everything else. So if you want to go on Mars, blow stuff up. My favorite thing in that game was like little remote mines. You could like throw three of them out and then pop, 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 and the whole building would shatter and fall down. Really cool, really awesome. If that sounds good to you, it's only 30 bucks. Go ahead and pick it up. I mean, this is a full 4K upgrade. Pretty good textures. I mean, they've been saying that some of the stuff when you're out free roaming on Mars doesn't look that great, but they've up all the important textures. It's running at mostly 60 FPS in 1080p mode. It takes some hits if you're running in 4K, but that's to be expected. This has got all previous DLC, but no other new content in that. So if you liked Red Faction Guerrilla, or if you didn't get a chance to play as much of it as you would have liked, like I did, the original was just a rental for me. I meant to go back to it, but I didn't ever have a chance to. This is the perfect time to get in, get it remastered, get it as the best possible way it could be and blow some shit up on mars 
You can even have a blast. I, no, no, we can't have blasts. Nope. Okay. I can't have blasts. We can't have any more blasts. Okay. Blasts are gone. They're dead. They're dead forever. <laughs> <laughs> this next title, I will go ahead and preface this by saying, hey, check out our other wonderful show, Third Shift Proper, because we talk about this title a lot more in our last episode, and that's Burn Star for the Nintendo Switch. It was released June 29, 2018, developed by Nerve and published by Gearbox publishing which Woo-hoo. is why we covered on the Woo-hoo. other show Woo-hoo. yes this was a game previously released on steam years ago but they went ahead and ported it over to the switch and i'll tell you what it is a good solid fun time you take the role of four individual characters uh, your choice and you will need all of them for different maps because you'll be an overhead puzzle like puzzle like maps uh, in the essence of bomberman but instead of just using bombs, there'll be rockets. There'll be the uh, signature abilities of each character. Uh, for example, there's like Ember, who can make magical shields for damage shields. You got uh, Cold Snap, who does like the little frost thing. Toxic, who can do clones and teleport. And of course, Burnstar himself, who is really, really fast. And you'll have to go through these little maps, finding and solving all these little puzzles, blowing things up, and burning little pockets, all sorts of fun stuff. It's a great puzzle game. A lot of fun, over 80 levels, so if you want something to pick up, to play on the potty, to play while you're commuting to work, doing whatever, this is that game. You pick it up, you do a couple puzzles, you feel really good about yourself, you feel accomplished, has really cool little rating systems on what you got through on that level. It's got cool little ratings, like uh, how much of the items on the level you burnt, uh, what you burnt, did you get all the stars on the level, etc., etc. Check out our review over on our other podcast if you want to know more. Pick this title up by gods. And last but not least, it's the game I am most excited about. I don't know how I didn't know this was out until today, because it did drop on the 26th of June, two days before my birthday. What a great birthday present this would have been to myself. For only 15 bucks, developed this time by Resonair, published by Enhance. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Luminous Remastered. If anyone knows me, I played Luminous Live for hours upon hours upon hours. There were many times I booted that up on my 360 at 8 o'clock at night, and it was like 4 in the morning by the time I probably stopped playing Luminous. Absolutely ridiculous. One of my very favorite puzzle games of all time, but this remastered edition pops out on the PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, so you better get it, Eric, and join me in Luminous Addiction. This is just Luminous Remastered. Better graphics, same music, but obviously better sound, better all the all the jazz. It's got all the original songs from the original Luminous. It's got all the original modes. It's I mean, it's just Luminous. It's more of it. If you don't know what Luminous is, quick rundown is, think blocks coming down like Tetris, except they have special shapes and special colors. And you got to match up those special colors in two by two squares and then you can expand upon that and basically what happens is there's a sweeper line that comes across that place playboard and when it hits you know a, a configured square or group of squares it starts clearing them so you can drop a two by two square down and it'll go oh, okay you'll get a base number of points for that but you expand that out you get exponentially higher scores it makes sense if you watch it it's kind of hard to explain But this is all about the flashy lights, the flashy colors, the awesome music, the rhythm pumping as you're getting in there, the speed's picking up, the rhythm's picking up. I can't explain Luminous well enough. You just have to play it. And if you play it, you will get in that zone. Your vision will go like through the screen as you're seeing the colors 
just without even seeing them. You just know where stuff's got to go. Such a fantastic game. I can't wait to pick up Luminous Remastered. Everyone else should pick it up too. Fantastic puzzle game. And hey, if you needed an added feature to pick it up, maybe you still are playing Luminous Live, this has Super Rumble in it. Super Rumble. So you know what that is, Eric? You can plug in multiple controllers and feel the... You can like put some in your pockets and put some on your shoulders. You can feel the bass through your whole body. I think on PC... Oh, perfect. On either PC or Switch, you can plug in like eight controllers and just like put them all over you and then oh yeah super very rumble. nice oh yeah a lot of applications for that yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to feel the bass through your whole body pick up luminous remastered and a couple extra controllers and just put them in strategic pockets you know I'll, i might do it i don't know hey i love luminous oh, geez. well hey you know what Whatever floats your boat, that's what I always say. I'm probably going to get nerve damage playing Luminous for like 10-hour chunks every single night <laughs> with Super Rumble everywhere. Just sitting there like this constantly. Uh-huh. Uh, you're going to let go of your hands. You're just going to be vibrating all over the place everywhere. It's like, it, it'd, be like, it'd, be, it would be like having to run a weed whacker f- with my whole body for 10 hours. Just, exactly. <clears throat> <laughs> I don't feel good. I got called in today. Oh, no. Just put a bucket right next to me. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah, terrible. Awesome. Terrible, man. That's great. Number five. I promised everyone that we were going to be talking about some RPGs today, and I intend to follow through. The first one on the list today is Rainbow Skies. Oh, my goodness. What is this game? It is a tactical strategy RPG developed by SideQuest Studios and published by East Asia Soft. It is out as of now, so you know what? You can pick it up if this sounds like something that might just float your boat. What is this game? Well, you take the role of a young man, Damien, who's just went ahead and almost finished his testing to become a, a beast tamer. And you come in and you help him accomplish his mission of becoming said beast tamer and then gathering some friends and traveling out into the world to, of course, da 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 tame beasts and make them into your pets, use their skills to tame further, you know, more beasts that are a little bit harder. As I stated, it's a tactical RPG. If you don't know what that is, that means you're going to be on a grid-based fighting system. And then, of course, you'll have several actions in which you can use them to move, you can use them to attack, you can use them to use items, magic, spells, etc., etc., to the best of your abilities to, of course, defeat said monsters and capture them or gather their loot. A couple of cool things about this particular title is that in most tactical strategy RPGs, you don't really go into towns and walk around, per se. Mm. But in this one, you do. You do get to go to towns and actually walk around like you do in a traditional JRPG, And then outside, not only do you see the monsters that you can battle and tame, but there are also random encounters. So you get a little bit of both worlds in this, Mm. which kind of, you know, spices things up because you never quite know what's going to happen. But, of course, it's a rare occurrence in the monsters that you're going to see on the actual playing field that you're uh, walking in around on. The whole premise of this is just for you to collect over the 80, 100 monsters, a whole bunch. There's a ton of them. And then, of course, get, <laughs> they always you know they always do the over eighty, over hundred. Well, you know what's what's the exact number? I don't. True. Know. It's a whole bunch. Get in there, have a blast with it. No, there, it looks no. Be, oh, don't my do God, it. I did it. No, <laughs> the poison. It's seeped. It. I told you what. The different characters, of course, use different uh, skills, your bow, your knives, your swords, and then your pets or your beasts, your tame beasts are your main attribute there. So you get in there, have a good time with it. Beyond that, 
the story's nothing to be too jazzed about. It's pretty average, but the the whole reason you're going to want to pick this up. <laughs> Have a good time with it. <laughs> Have a good time with it. Get it. Well, you know, because the story's nothing. It's liter- The story's literally that. Yeah. You are just out there having a good time with your buddies, taming beasts, becoming the best there ever was. Uh, hey, hey, Pokemon, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> there's, there's nothing spectacular here. There's nothing to write home you know, about. But if you just want a good tactical strategy RPG to grind your teeth on and have a good time with, this might be something you want to look into. It's on the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and the PlayStation Vita. And and I also should say, make sure you understand that this game has graphics that were designed around the Vita. So don't be expecting like some big PS4 pump and graphics, you know, all that good stuff. It is a very traditional looking strategy tactical RPG. I was gonna say it's a strategy RPG. They don't usually exactly. have fantastic graphics anyway. Is this sprite no. based or is it more uh, polygonal? Sprite based. Okay, nice. Yeah. I might, I might have to check this out because while you were talking, as soon as you said strategy RPG grid system, my inner brain went, ooh, I haven't played one of those to a massive degree in like five years maybe? Yeah, Since like PS3 era anyway. Well, besides my rabbits one, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, because as That's soon as you man. said grid, my mind went back to Final Fantasy Tactics and I was like, man, I miss those days. <laughs> When I say sprite, I want you to be before I get you too involved here. Uh, when I say sprite, they use like the sprite format, but then turn it into like a polygon shaped things. So, oh, okay. Okay, so it's not like a, an old school little two bit, two byte, you know, right, right, figure right. poop popped on there. It is a 3D model, hmm. but they've all got that sprite look to them okay. with the bigger heads and the bodies, hmm. but not not the chibi. Not the chibi like. stuff. Yeah, don't. don't. <laughs> not the chibi. <laughs> So you're telling me your last one was Final Fantasy Tactics? No, no, no. That wasn't the last one I oh, played. Oh, okay. Jeez, I'll peace, man. I was about to be like, Jah. But it, it popped in my brain. And I was like, I haven't had that fun time in a long time. Like, there was Phantom Brave and La Pucelle and Disgaea on PS2, which I put a lot of time into, but I never beat any of those. And then mm-hmm. it started evolving into other st- styles of strategy RPGs, like Valkyria Chronicles, which wasn't the grid-based. And then a couple other ones, but nothing that I... Like, I've sunk hundreds of hours into Final Fantasy Tactics, and I haven't done that with, like, anything else. Well, heck, man, maybe this will be it. Maybe. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to watch some gameplay. Yeah, well, you know, hey, maybe you can pick it up on the PS3 for a lot cheaper. It's true. Since it really don't matter, graphic-wise. Yeah, that's true. I just have to figure out how to plug that back in and like work this controller. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that work those magical controls and, and the weird function. I don't even know. Is it use HDMI? I don't remember. Where's my touchpad in the middle of my controller? Where's my touchpad? Yeah. Oh. I don't even know. Because that was so useful. Oh. <laughs> well, it is kind of second nature now. Even playing True. Captain Spirit, I was like, what does anything do? Press touchpad. Oh, menu. Duh. What else would it mm-hmm. do? The only thing it ever did, really. (laughs) (laughs) Number four. Well, I teased it earlier in the episode. Eric teased it at the very, very beginning of the episode. Now I'm going to be talking about the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Now, what is this game, in case you didn't listen to the last IG2G, in case you have never heard of this before? This is basically a little demo to intro 
Life is Strange Season 2. It's a little story all about a little boy who has just moved into a new town and he's living with his dad and his dad's kind of a drinker and the little boy likes to go into his imaginary world and fight evil enemies. And it's basically, hey, look, it's Saturday. Your afternoon is free. Your kind of morning afternoon time is free. Go do whatever you want. So that's what you do in this little demo. You kind of mosey around the house, mosey around the room. You have little interactions with all of his objects in the room, all the objects in the house. And what I thought was pretty cool is I didn't really know much going into it. So I, I figured it would just be like, oh, well, you can sit around and talk to your dad or you can go outside and play in the fort and like that's it. But what I thought was, again, interesting was as you go through the house, you find like, I found like a bunch of problems that were in the house like you know there's there's some stuff that i didn't do like trash needs to go out and the snow needs to get shoveled off of the porch but you know you can go in the bathroom and he's got different interactions with everything and it's like oh your first thing that you do is you eat breakfast with your dad and then you go free and i was like well i'll wash my hands in the sink so he turns it on and he's washing his hands he goes ah oh, it's so cold where's the hot water and he goes oh it must be the water eater he needs to get the water heater obviously needs to get fixed, but he calls it the water eater. It's like, oh, Captain Spirit's got to go do battle with the water eater. And I'm like, that's totally cool. It's like this little, obviously a physical thing, but in his mind, it's this quest he's got to go do. And I kept finding all these other little quests around. Like, you, oh, look, here's Dad's car keys on the floor. Hey, Dad, oh, can you put those over there? Or you can go outside and open up his truck and rummage around in there. It, there was more depth to some things than I thought there would be. I figured it would just be a little fluff and nonsense, but I kept finding new things. Now, one thing that I did find a little bit frustrating is you've got four icons for, like, look, interact with, and then a couple that are just used in real specific scenarios. But then there's also an icon that looks like an inverted triangle with, like, little star power coming out of it. And you have to press an additional button that you don't use for anything else to like activate his captain spirit power to have additional interactions with that object. I didn't know that going in because I didn't look at the, you know, the tutorial control screen. I just went, hey, anything I need is going to pop up like it does in every other video game. But I found a lot of things like the water heater quest. You had to have your full costume on as captain spirit to go interact with these things. And the very first thing you can put on is your cape. Well, I opened up his closet, and he goes, hey, there's my cape. And the only only button you can use is the look at button. And he goes, hey, every superhero needs a cape. Cool. And it has the little triangle button, but I had no idea what that did. So I just moseyed on off and did a whole bunch of other stuff and ended up completing it before I figured out how to use that power ability. So if anybody out there's downloaded it and you don't want to be frustrated and you don't want to look at a control screen if you're on ps4 press that l2 button and it'll pop it up and he'll do you know a, a power related ability to whatever item it is and then you know for that one he put on his cape now you can go put on another piece of your uniform and then that allows you to go out and do like that water heater quest if you I think it has a special interaction with the little map of the backyard because I found a, a little maze and no matter where, which way I turned in the maze, he didn't go anywhere. And it was like, hmm, guess I better look at that map some more. And I went, well, I didn't know how to look at it with the power because nobody told me how to look at it with the power. But it was still pretty cool. I finished that, you know, the little demo in about an hour or so because I kept 
meandering around and messing with different things. And I feel like there are a few points you have to hit to be able to progress it to the end. So if you do just want to goof around, find all the little pieces and all the little parts, you'll be able to do that. I think my only, I enjoyed my time with it overall, but I think the only things that pulled me out of the experience were one, that button issue that I could never find that button. Nobody told me what it was. And then two, the voice acting isn't the best. I mean, whoever does the kid does a pretty good job, but it does kind of sound like just a kid actor at some point, so his inflection and his responses aren't quite the best. And then the dad, too, has really strange voice acting. Like, it just it's just seems awkward. And then I think the Life is Strange people are like a either a French or an English studio or something, because... In the story, the dad is a former high school basketball player. And then Chris is like, hey, dad, you want to teach me some basketball? He's like, oh, yeah, I used to make all the best throws back in the day. And I'm like, throws? Yeah, show me how you'd throw that basketball. And he does a shot. I'm like, that's not a throw. I mean, it literally is, but you don't, you don't say you throw them hoops. You shoot them hoops. No, you shoot them hoops. So there, there are a little bit of just, that's a little weird. Kind of the graphics are... It's just slightly off-putting to me to some degree, but I enjoyed my time with it. I liked being the little kid and seeing the scenarios you could get into, and then the serious scenarios that popped up too. It was very, it felt very real, like a dad and a son who were having that interaction would actually act this way, and it was kind of good and kind of emotional at certain points too and i'm not going to spoil anything obviously but i'd recommend it go out check it out it and like i said to you before when you said i didn't really like life is strange this is free there's no reason not to download it and at least try it out and see if it's for you it was fun i enjoyed it yeah it's one of those ones i keep sitting on like you said it's free there's no reason not to but it's just after doing playing through life is strange i'm like well i don't know i mean do i really want to invest time to, but if it's just an hour I suppose it can't hurt anything mm. to pop in and, and have a go. But it does intrigue me. I, I like the aspect of the real relationship hidden behind just having a good time being a kid mm. and all that. So hopefully, maybe, we'll see. No, I'm just kidding. I will get it. I'm actually about to delete another game, so I'll pop mm. that on there, play through it, and then God knows where I'm going to go from there. Mm. Yeah, go see what it is to be a drunken dad from the other side. Oh, wait, you did see that, though. But, okay, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> oh, I've seen it all. No. <laughs> Number three. Keeping true to my word, this next title is also an RPG, but it is a different kind of RPG. We're talking about Shining Resonance Refrain. This is developed by Media Vision and published by none other than Sega themselves. It was previously released a while back, but it has just been remastered and re-released for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One as of July 10th. The reason this one's on my radar is because it's a lot in the fashion of Tales of Berseria, Tales of Zillia, those types of games. Uh, if you know what those are, you're, you go through field maps, 
and then when the, you'll see the enemies bouncing around, trolloping around, and you'll go and engage them, and the, the combat's all active. So you're running around them, doing combos, tying in all sorts of magic and attacks to defeat the enemies, which is a fantastic time. The graphics are also very similar to this, and just before we go any further, I will state that they are in the, uh, the realm of a late PS3 game, because that's exactly what this was. It was a late PS3 game, but as since it's been remastered, you know, it's a little more colorful, a little up to speed. There's really no slowdown. Looks really nice. The characters all have different costumes, much in the Tales-like series where you can outfit them the way you like them. You can purchase them as DLC content and trump them up the way you want. The story itself, in a nutshell, is you take the main character as a dragon who's mostly in the form of a boy. And, of course, these dragons have all been living with elves for time unknown, living in peace and harmony, helping each other out in this wonderful world. And then another race comes in and says, hey, we're actually cooler and better than you. We want to repurpose this whole world in our image. And so they start going around controlling dragons, killing everybody else. The typical bad guy stuff. The story's your basic your basic RPG tale. But the cool part is, is as I stated, your main character is a dragon who comes in human form. So of course you'll play instruments, battle instruments, and you can turn into the dragons doing really cool abilities, all sorts of fun things like that, which tie into the open world action RPG battle adventure system. And of course along the way you'll meet other characters, a lot of female characters, because this game is also uh, like a not a dating sim, but it does have the dating aspects. So you'll come and you'll be able to build relationships with the different females, males that are in your group, and uh, use the different options, which is the really cool part. Because usually they're just kind of you pick one and just go with it. But in this one, you'll actually have different dialogue choices and build your relationship, which also builds skill sets, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see really cool little cutscenes and different dialogue that you wouldn't have gotten with whoever you choose as your waifu versus the others, which kind of builds a unique experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, in a nutshell, very typical standard RPG, but a lot of fun. Graphics are really colorful, really nice, really hold up because it's just got that cool anime style to them. You can go really crazy with this and get all your girls all decked out in scantily clad stuff and be goofy with it. Or you can keep them in their really cool battle costumes and, you know, just go immersive in it and have a good time. That's up to you, you know. As I always say, whatever floats your boat. Mm -hmm. But this is one that was on my radar, and after researching and looking into it some more, I really am looking (laughs) to get this one because... I'm a sucker for Tales games, mm-hmm. and this is basically that with some added functionality to it. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I, I've been a big fan of Tales, and then adding in relationship and dialogue trees and all that stuff, just there's two things that really tickle my fancy. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what that kind of spun me. Was I was mm-hmm. like, oh, it's just like Tales. That's cool, but you know, I've already skipped a Tales or two now. Mm-hmm. And then they said, oh, but you get dialogue choices. You can pick your, you know, you pick your girl. And, of course, I'm a sucker for that. So, I'm like, dang it, man. That's always fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> awesome. As I stated, it is out for the Switch. And for those of you wondering, uh, from all reports, there's no real noticeable differences whatsoever. No slowdown, no graphical differences. So, if you have both, you know, PS4 or whatever, anything you want, if you're looking at getting a Switch, you should probably definitely do that since there's no differences whatsoever. Now you can just take it on the go. Just wanted to state that because I'm a Switch lover and, you know, i got a sports Switch anyway I can. Sorry, guys. Back to Matt. I apologize. Here we go. <laughs> Number two. So 
So speaking of bright and colorful and having a great time and having a beautiful relationship, here's a game that came out, I think it was about a year ago, in Matt's Indie Game Showcase, oh my god, that is horrible and distressing and disturbing and just psychological horror, terror, survival, guts, gruesome images and things, oh my god. There you go. See, we built it up with, hey, strategy RPG. Hey, happy little yeah. boy. Hey, bright, colorful anime. I'm just going to drag it down into just the pit. Yes. So this is a game called Detention, which is developed and published by Red Candle Games, which I don't know if it's just a single dude or if it is a little bit of a team, but it is a Taiwanese developer, which is something you don't hear often, which is something that sparked my interest. Although what first caught my eye on this game is I was on the PSN store looking around on the, you know, the game deals page. And I went, Detention, what's that? Because it's kind of like a... The little image on the page is, it looks like a kind of an anime chick, and then there's like red letters behind her. Like, oh, what's that? And then I watched the trailer, and I was like, oh, that looks really creepy and really interesting, and I really want to know more about that, and then promptly forgot about it because I went to bed like right after that. But then I was browsing around on Polygon, and they mentioned something else that I'll mention at the very end of this bit. And then they said, hey, it's you know the next game after Detention by this developer. And I went, oh, yeah, Detention, so I'm going to check that out. So what this is... It's a story set in 1960s Taiwan, which is a period in which it was totally under martial law. It was a period called the White Terror period, which was, again, martial law, you know, banned books, and, like, anything anti the regime. People were getting arrested, people were getting put to death, even if they were just suspected of that stuff. So really heavy themes, and then this takes that whole setting and scenario and twists it and makes it really dark. Like I said, it's a very psychological horror type of game. You play as a boy and a girl student in a high school and they're just having normal class one day. And I think the very intro of the game is you see a police officer walking outside the class. He opens the door and says, Hey teacher, will you come with me for a second? And as your character falls asleep, then he wakes up in this, twisted version of the school kind of think of like a silent hill type of vibe like everything's weird it's abandoned there's nobody else there there's weird monsters crawling around everything's broken down and in shambles and basically what you got to do is you two characters got to figure out what's going on what happened i read the spoiler so i know what's going on but i'm still really interested in seeing what it is you know how it plays out but you're solving puzzles you're going through this like I said, this really dark version of the school and figuring out this dark and twisted story. And what really caught my eye about the game is the the almost monochrome style visuals. Like everything's really washed out and really faded. Like I think your characters are mostly just black and white. And they, the way they move is just, it's off just enough. They almost look like they're like puppets, kind of. Like marionettes being moved by somebody. And it just has this super unsettling atmosphere to it. It's not like a, a scary game, like a jump scare game. It's all about the atmosphere. It's got like Silent Hill style music or lack of music. It's got this really washed out color palette. And then when the monsters and things do show up, they're like in shadow or they're, they're like these oversized, twisted, grotesque type things that you have to run from or... It's got a mechanic where you like hold your breath and you can walk past them, but you can't like, or you can't make eye contact with them. It's all about avoidance, not like, you know, fighting the monsters or anything. It's mm -hmm. trying to get through this horrible, twisted environment, figure out what happened and how to get out. Uh, just really interesting. It reminds me a lot of The Cat Lady, which was another 
twisted psychological horror type of game from quite a few years ago now, but if anybody played that and enjoyed it, I think they would definitely like Detention. And I thought it was really interesting just because it's this Taiwanese period I'd never heard of in my life before. These, you know, all kinds of themes in history that you don't really see in the West at all. We see Japanese stuff all the time. We see stuff that Americans know all the time. But here's a, a Taiwanese developer or development house showing off this period of their history in, you know, their own twisted, weird kind of way. But I, I just thought it was something worth at least mentioning on the show and worth exploring you know, when I put some money in the account and download it to my PS4. It's available for PC, PS4, and the Switch. It got a Switch port, I think, in March of this year. So you can play that on the go and get scared, have a grand old time. And then the other thing that was exciting to me is I'm excited to get into that and play it. And then just a little while ago on Polygon, they had an article saying, hey, the people who made that game are teasing another game called Devotion which is another Chinese-themed or, you know, Taiwanese or Chinese-themed game about a religious family that used to live in this apartment building, and now that it's abandoned, you have to go in and first-person puzzle and adventure your way through this super creepy environment figuring out what happened to them. And all we have so far is a teaser trailer for that, but it has really kind of, like, disturbing Eastern religious art slash, like, graphics like a whole motif going there which again i thought was really interesting because it's another thing you don't see a lot of you see the the japanese style of that but this is very like chinese looking because taiwan is basically you know in that area mm -hmm. but there's something i hadn't seen before and it really sparked my interest so I went back to this went back to that oh my goodness super cool and then because this kind of became a matte psychological horror indie mega pack one last cool thing that I did find out on Polygon is that everyone knows PT and the sad story of that, and if you didn't download it, you never can again. If it's not sitting there on your PS4, you can never play it. But there are two different independently developed PC ports in the works. They're both on a, uh, a service called Game Jolt, which I've never heard of before, but one is called Corridors, and it's basically a guy trying to remake pt in the unreal engine and then there's there's another one which is just i think he just calls it pt that he's trying to make another port of it too so if you like psychological horror if you missed out on that which i totally did there are two different people trying to make pt in a playable fashion that you can play on your pc so that's that sounds really awesome and i figured you know i'm already just making everybody miserable and scared might as well make them miserable and scared with that too right Exactly. PT was fantastic, and I'm glad that somebody's trying to preserve it so everybody can get a hold of it. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, the whole survival horror thing, I, I, I love survival horror, mm -hmm. and I miss it. I miss it. I miss it so much. You know, it, it's, Outlast has come around, and that was really cool, but my problem with those types of survival horror was that it was a lot of, like, uh, stark terror. Mm -hmm. Like, always something just chasing you. You're going to get caught. You're yep. going to die imminently. So instead of it just being moments and then just uneasiness throughout, mm -hmm. it was always just go, go, go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And that wears on me. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes not so much fun. So I start to not dread playing, but almost dread playing. Mm -hmm. You know, feel just like, oh, do I really want that kind of stress right now? Yeah. No. I want it to go back to like the way you're describing this game where it's uneasy and just disturbing, mm -hmm. but you can play it. 
You're not. It's not constantly something's going to murder you every second. You're not running for your life every five seconds. That sounds way more up my alley in the survival horror genre. That's why I like Silent Hill so much. Mm-hmm. Was because yes, it had that vein of like Resident Evil. There were guns. There were baddies. But a lot of times, if you just you know were quiet, moved through the rooms, did your thing, you could you could circumvent, get around things, get around them. And there was also huge chunks of just exploration mm-hmm. and just very weird, out of place rooms, out of place things, strange noises, but nothing chasing you every five seconds. Yeah, sure, silent, you know, Pyramid Head would come, but mm-hmm. it felt like you always had room to breathe and room to just feel like, oh my god, where the hell am I? And this sounds something like that. Yeah, that was one thing that. The articles on both games were talking about us, how there's there's not so many, because I mentioned it before, everyone thinks scary games are jump scares or something's chasing you, just like we said. And this just lets you sit and breathe in that weird, disturbing environment. I pulled up a couple gameplay videos of the entire game, and I'd skip to different parts just to see you know, what was going on. And there was a lot of just, hey, I'm doing a puzzle, or I'm walking from this creepy thing to this creepy thing, and there wasn't a lot of action or... Mm-hmm. chasing or monsters like I kind of thought there would be because there are quite a few in the trailer but from what I can tell in the game they're really few and far between it's a lot more of the like I said that psychological horror where like maybe you're seeing this weird stuff and then I've seen it on a couple occasions you're seeing something weird happen and then something happens the scene goes black it comes back up everything's different or something has changed and it's just it doesn't really say what you know what happened but it's you can tell it's something in that character's mind that he's seeing this or he's seeing that and it might not really be there or it might really be there just looks like really good stuff i'm not a big fan of those style games but something about this really hooked me and i I was like, oh, man, should I get it right now and play it in the dark and get all freaked out and scared? I don't know. I'll be constantly looking over my shoulder at the door. Is there anybody looking in at me? Is there a monster outside my door? Meanwhile, the window shatters and he drags you outside and eats you. It's great. Well, hey, at least I'll get the jump scare then. That's true. (laughs) Number one. To round out the night, boys and girls, I have my final RPG for you. And this one is a no-brainer go buy it not even gonna tell you again so there you go the game is octopath traveler for the nintendo switch released this week july 13th it is only for the nintendo switch so if you do not have it i'm very sorry for you your life will be miserable going forward because this game is fantastic and a ton of fun and has hooked me to the core by playing just through playing the freaking extended demo they just released Holy moly. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Okay. If you didn't know, it's made by Square, of course. Duh. <laughs> they make some of the <laughs> finest RPGs. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, wait. No, it's, it's this gesture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the goes. wine. This is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the graphical style in this game has been termed HD 2D by the developers, and that couldn't be more spot on. It's got 16-bit graphics, but they've put a sheen on it, and they've put a lighting boost and a and just a, an effects boost on everything, making the game look glorious. And not only does it look glorious, but they make sure they take advantage of it because in this game you're going to go through cityscapes, forests, grasslands, deserts, frosted, towering, you know, mountainous areas with all sorts of snow tumbling down. Everything you can imagine, you get to see in this game. 
So it's not like, hey, we're just going to go through this one environment and that's all you're going to see. You'll get to see a whole smorgasbord of really cool effects. So graphically, a fantastic game. Sound-wise, man, the music is just superb. Everything, all the music you hear is just going to bring you right back to the 16-bit glory of JRPGs and the terms of Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, all that good stuff. Gorgeous soundtracks, puts you in the mood. And then the coolest part is, is they even change throughout time. So like when you go to Chapter 2, the music will change. So that way you're going to know that you're in a brand new chapter, plus you get a fresh you know, spin on some tunes, Mm -hmm. which always brightens the day and lightens the heart because it's not the same mantra over and over again. Yep. Wonderful. And how this game is structured is you get to be one of eight characters. A few of them are like the soldier, you get the dancer, the merchant, the thief, the beast hunter, uh, the cleric, and uh, there's a few more. So you pick one of these eight characters, and then for the rest of the game, this character is your main character. You cannot trade this character out with any of the other characters. It will She or he will always be in your party. Now, at this point, you go through their main story, their chapter one, and then you have the option to travel around and either go to each and every single character and environment and pick up all the other characters, which, of course, you're going to want to inevitably do, and go through their chapter ones. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, you're going to, of course, naturally level up, power up, and then when you get to the chapter two of your story, you should be about on par, ready to rock and roll, no big deal. You don't have to do this, though. You can skip all that stuff and just go grind, go to chapter two if you want, go collect a few of the characters, go to chapter two after that. However you want to play it, that's how you play it. So I would recommend, of course, going and getting your favorite characters first because you can circumvent the characters as well and go pick and choose who you want to pick up first. So if you're, like, mm-hmm. you, if you're convinced that your cleric and your soldier and, and, and the merchant and the dancer are going to be your, your four mains, obviously you're going to want to pick them up first so that way they're getting the most experience in leveling up you know, the fastest. Mm-hmm. So you pick, you choose. However, I would say if you're a smart RPG player, you're going to want to try to get in there and balance them all out because what I'm about to get to is the battle system in this game. And the battle system is your traditional RPG where you get the your four players lined up, and that's right, four players at any time can be in the party, the other four benched, and then the enemies on the other side. And how it works is you're going to do regular attacks, magic attacks, special abilities. And each of those regular attacks will build up your charge. And then what you're going to want to do is find the vulnerabilities on the enemies, the weaknesses. There'll be a little shield indicating if you hit them like three times with their weakness, they'll break and then become vulnerable. And then that's when you're going to want to use your charge and your special abilities and their weaknesses to combine it all and hit the enemy for as much damage as possible, taking them out and, of course, getting the treasures. Mm-hmm. Well... In different circumstances, you're going to be fighting different monsters with different vulnerabilities. So you're going to want to make sure that your characters are all decked out to the best of your ability because some characters, monsters are going to be immune to some of the characters' abilities, etc., etc. And some of the combos between the characters are going to be better suited for said bosses or monsters. So you really got to think about what you're doing and who you're bringing to what environments and parties. You know, Some of your characters are going to naturally be stronger against like human monsters, things like that, than your other characters. So... You're going to want a variety to choose from, and I think that's really clever because it makes you strategize. It makes you stop and think about who you're taking with you and what combo you want to be using and how to you know, best get the, the enemy broken and then use all your big big abilities to take them out. So question, yep. there's not an active swap during the battle then, is there? An act, oh, like one character at a time? 
Or, no, like, yeah, like, oh, man, I know I need Beastmaster in this battle. Can you swap them in the battle? No, or is it no. All pre- you get flying? four. You got to take them in pre and just okay. go with it. So, obviously, if you if you screw the pooch, you're going to get raked over the coals. And mm. if you don't come out ahead at the end, you're going to be redoing that particular fight. And then, secondary question, do your backup characters get XP or do you have to cycle them in? You have to, to cycle them. them. From, I'm, not, I'm not 100% on that one, but from the impression I was getting... Mm. Because um, you know, in the in the in the demo, you just get to play with the one character and go through. Yeah. But from from everything I've been reading, uh, only the four in do. So you will have to cycle characters okay. and level them up as well. So you're gonna want to make sure you're going through all of them. But as you're going through regions, you're gonna have different enemies and different yeah. enemy types anyway. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, and as I said too, you gotta go through everybody's chapter ones. So mm. basically, by the end of it, they'll be you know at least where you were when you entered your chapter one, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can mm. grind, and then they'll. A ladder effect will get everybody eventually up there yeah. with kind of like a grind right before maybe you go into the next big chapter, you know, chapter two or then chapter three, et cetera. Mm. But that's, you know, that's RPG. If you don't yeah. like any grinding, well, man, you're just a sad banana because grinded is the best. <laughs> say if you don't like grinding, you should play like Persona 5 or something. I don't yeah, I would say there's no grind in that, but we're not talking about Persona 5. <laughs> oh, man. And even that, we'll, we'll even that I grinded in. But. Well, we did, but we didn't have to. Didn't have to, yes. I, but I digress. I digress. Yes, yes. So, battle system's phenomenal, a lot of fun. And what else? Oh, the story. <laughs> well, the story's pretty neat, pretty cool, nothing too special. I don't know. I always say that with RPGs because, honestly... If you've played RPGs your whole life, you know what the story is. Is there a bad kingdom, Eric? Is there like an evil kingdom? Is there a bad, an evil kingdom taking over, running the countries, and, and mm. screwing up everybody else's way of living? Yeah. Yes. Are you a ragtag team of rebels that has to fight rebel, They're going to go kingdom? affect it and change things? Yes, yeah. that's that's what's happening. That's what's always <laughs> happening. But the voice acting, the way they do the characters, is really neat. Everyone's got a, a very signature personality to them. So that helps with you and choosing who you want to go with and be with, you know, for your whole team. The interactions are very limited, at least for the first chapter or so. It just kind of gives you like a one little sentence line when you meet another character and then you go from there. But from all reports, and there's a few starting to come in, it, it does get more intense and a little more interaction going on as the chapters progress. Time will tell. I can't wait to get my hands on it. And to wrap it all up, overall... Looking like a fantastic game. All sorts of good stuff. Everything about it is just speaking to me on all the right levels. The items, the magic, the characters themselves. I can't wait to be a dancer and just break out of that ring of prostitution. And, you know, just become something. Because, you know, that's like my real life, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) So... Oh, God. <laughs> so, Octopath Traveler, if you, too, want to be a prostitute and break out of that whole wicked life and just make something of yourself because you were actually a lost princess just like me, this might be something you want to check out. Just cut it off like 97, 95% of that. It's just, Octopath Traveler, if you want to be a prostitute, oh, put hyphen Eric on the back of the box for when yep. you want to be a prostitute. In my dumpy white shirt. <laughs> Somebody pay for it. It's fine. Goodness gracious. There you go. <laughs> so, hey, with that out of the way, it's time to wrap up the whole show. Imposters wrap up.
So, of course, this podcast is brought to you under the Third Shift umbrella. So if you guys have any questions for us, any comments, any topics you want us to talk about, any feedback at all, send that to us via email info at thirdshift.me, tweet at us at thirdshiftme, and find us on Facebook under Third Shift. You can also find our wonderful Patreon out there in the interwebs. If you like what you hear, like what we're doing, please consider heading over there, throwing us a dollar, five dollars, any kind of dollars. We treat it like a tip jar. If that sounds something up your alley, please consider doing so. If you can't because you know what, money's the real deal and you got bills to pay and you can't have enough books in your house, you got to keep spending the money on books yep. and not giving us a dollar. Well, I bought four I, books the other day. See, it was yesterday. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. I also understand that because, you know what, reading is life and life is reading. You can, however, support us other ways like messages, like interactions on the Facebooks, the Twitters, mailbag questions, uh, five-star ratings on all the different apparatuses like the iTunes, etc., etc. Any of those and all those would be so wonderful and much appreciated. And we hope you consider doing one of those said things. Absolutely. And of course, this podcast drops every two weeks on Tuesday, so we'll be back in your ear holes on the 24th of July for our very next episode. You can find those episodes on iTunes, on Stitcher, and on Podbean. And as Eric always says, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out. We really do appreciate it. And hey, while you're out there, if you know what Discord is, might as well join our Discord. I still don't know what it is, so join it if you can know how to do it. Just do it, and then maybe you can help me figure it out. <laughs> help Matt figure out how to use Discord and be functional on there? Yeah. Yes. Join the Discord so you can tell me what it is that it is. That's perfect. And then after you explain it to him, just hack his account and become him. This is what I need you to do. That'll work. Actually, I don't know. Maybe don't do that. I don't know. It'd be kind of amusing. I guess go ahead. You do might it. as well. Sure. Exactly. And you know what? Give us those five star ratings on the iTunes. <laughs> no, never Smeagol. Smeagol <laughs> yes. frightens me. It scares me. Oh, God. And with that, Matt, as per usual, I say to you Don't, don't forget, forget to, to save. save.